0: Now we continue to learn about faith. The title is Fear of Faith. Specifically from 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. Let us turn there. First Samuel chapter 14, verse 6. Now, the last time we considered this particular verse, we looked at the statement that Jonathan made. It may be that the Lord will work for us. Now, the first thing about faith. As we learn from Jonathan's faith, is to ensure that we are doing God's will. Will God work for us or not? That is why he devised a way. His main aim before he does anything is to say, if they do this and if they do that, then this means it is God's will. And it came to pass. He hurled all his strength and energy, climbed with hands and feet to face the situation before him without fear, only in faith. So, Christian, the first thing we want to learn if you want to have faith, you must be driven to believe if it is God's will. We need not fear. You can go full steam ahead. How do we know God's will? Don't think of well, all the special situations. Should I get married? Should I not get married? Will I be this? Will I be that? Should I take this job and not? Well, those are important. But all of God's known commandments are His will. So Christians live God's commandments by faith. Now today, we want to consider other aspects. What else can we learn about faith? Now look at verse 6. Now, the second part of what he says is this. For there is no restraint to the Lord. For there is no restraint to the Lord. Now, what must we learn from here? We will go through life facing great challenges. Their challenge before them was tremendous, unthinkable, very, very frightening. Now, in situations like that, we tend to focus on the difficulty of the situation. Fear focuses on the difficulty of the situation. Now, but faith focuses on the power of God. Learn that from Jonathan. There is no restraint with the Lord. He focused on who God is. And therefore, the power of God nothing can restrain means there is nothing that can hinder no matter how impossible the situation is it does not matter because what matters is god and his power nothing can limit can nothing can hinder the lord means nothing can prevent him nothing can can restrain him nothing can limit him in enabling us in helping us he is the limitless god we mem- we memorize God is infinite, infinite in His being means He's Almighty, Omnipotent. God is infinite. Now we memorize that, but is it real in our heart? So here it is, Jonathan- In Jonathan's heart, it is very real, very very real. Not just words. There is nothing that can restrain our Lord. Now faith, or sorry, fear limits our view of our limitless God. That is what it does. Every time you have fear, you must realize that. Fear restrains our trust in the God that cannot be restrained. Fear is something that does all this. You see, when Jonathan chose to focus on the limitless God, these things did not occur to him. The situation before him, as we've Said many times is dire. All right. Thirty thousand chariots, foot soldiers like the sand of the sea. That is the army that is gathered against Israel. Now there is a garrison between him and this group of armies. Now, even after he supposedly, if he think. Even if you can get rid of this garrison, there is still that huge army before him. And they are going in all directions. We saw that. Now, if you look at your Bibles in chapter 13. All right, in verse 17. Spoilers came out of the camp of Philistines in three companies. And then he describes going north, south, north, east, and west. They were spanning out. The situation looks very, very bad it was a situation that the way God wants to describe it is beyond their control they are spanning out really fast they are just stuck there right? and then the situation is we read earlier on the soldiers that came out earlier on to fight we saw they have all scattered except for 600 the rest went into hiding and they went the Bible described as far away from this battle area as possible how are they going to stop these spoilers now this is not a small thing you imagine that your family is in trouble great trouble you're stuck there and you see these people going out to spoil you know spoil means they intend to kill they intend to maim they intend to rob they intend to plunder they intend to rape they intend to do all these wicked things to take whatever their hearts desires whether human or things these are spoilers so when god uses their heart is feeling beyond control i can't do anything but faith as i said earlier on it does not look at how terrible the situation is faith focuses on the god that is without restraint you must remember in times of of fear to keep going back to this definition god is infinite in his being Remembering these things are useful. Now, faith focuses on what, can, what God can do, not what the situation might do to you. You know, when we obey God, there will be many things that will pop through our minds. If I were to obey God in this, well, this thing will go this way. That thing will go the other way. The other thing will, will go the other way. And I am here, and I can't do anything about this. It's just me. And we will shrink back. We will shrink back. Now, even when we know it's God's will, which is what we learned the first day, first thing to do to have faith is know that it is God's will. Once you know, you can go full steam. But you know, even after that, we know, we know God's will, and we know we should go full steam, knowing that we still can look at situations and fear. That is the man. That is the heart of man. Now, here is a situation that God wants Israel, wants Jonathan to be in that is so, so dire, so impossible. Now, in fact, fear makes us think of words like impossible, too difficult, cannot, no way. God wants to put them in such a situation where it is all like that. Now, to show us that he is a God that cannot be restrained, the, more, the, more, the worse the situation looks, the brighter he will show us. He is a God without restraint. Now, the Bible tells us, doesn't it, in the New Testament, and it, and it says it in another way right, to remind us. The Lord himself says, but Jesus beheld them and said unto them, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Now you believe your salvation is possible. Why is it not that you and I can, cannot believe that saving us from darkness to light, saving us from eternal judgment to give us eternity in heaven, that is something that is, nigh, that is impossible we believe that we don't think much about that, but we must apply the same faith. To, there is no situation that can restrain God. With God, with with men, with men this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Again, God reminds us in the New Testament, makes it so clear, states it to us. We see it in the Old Testament, in in narratives, in situations. Well, Ephesians three twenty. Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I read to you again. God just states it to us instead of using stories, um, events, so to speak. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. It will be beyond your imagination. This is what Effectively summarizes the statement, the second part of Jonathan's statement. Look at verse 6. For there is no restraint to the Lord. Now let us look at this no restraint, all right? Let's just like look at this no restraint. Now please, do, please turn to chapter 14. Chapter 14. Now, look at verse, um, f- verse 15. And there was a trembling in the host, in the field, and among the people, the garrison, and the spoilers. Now, why was there trembling? There also trembled. And the earthquake, and the earthquake, so it was very great trembling. Now, God used an earthquake. Can you control earthquakes? Can you initiate earthquakes that are very great, of very great trembling? Can you time earthquakes? This happened at a precise time where Israel needed deliverance, and when you look at the at the at the situation, now the human thinking would be, unless we have, we have, we are in a situation where we can outmaneuver them which they can't now unless we are having the upper hand unless we have more of this and that now the whole situation is calling for something impossible well impossible then it's impossible that's how we think whenever we obey god whenever we want to make a decision we say well you know if i were to obey god well what will turn out the consequences will be impossible for me to handle God wanted it to look impossible. Wanted it to be impossible for them. Now, God used an earthquake. An earthquake. Beyond their thinking, beyond their imagination. When they were there, they probably would not think, well, what solution do we need? The only solution they would be thinking, more men, more equipment, better equipment like us. When we face dire situations, our heart and minds... Go to the situation. I I need something that overcome this situation better than this situation. But here, God taught, God teaches the children of Israel. He will do something beyond their imagination. Now, Christian, there is one thing that I hope you remember about faith. Many of us, I think, when we meet God, don't be surprised that God will say this. You know, I was going to do something incredible in your life to use you in an incredible way but when you choose not to obey me whether it's known commandments or god has revealed his specific will to you because of fear because of the situation because we think if i obey then oh, i can't handle this don't be surprised that god will say i've already prepared with what is someone, a solution that is beyond your imagination. You see, when you are in fear, there are things that God will do that you can't even begin to imagine. But you did not, and you lose it all. Lose it all. And you continue to live in fear, hide in fear, avoid obeying Him, avoid living the life that you need to live, and you lose it all. God said, I've already prepared it. God has already prepared this earthquake, timed it. God may have prepared something and timed something in your life that is beyond imagination. Now, dear friends, I want you to note something. Then the next thing, alright? Now, look at verse 15. There was a great trembling. Now, verse 16. And the watchmen of Saul in Gibeah of Benjamin looked, and behold, the multitude melted away. Now, why did it melt away? It is explained. And they went on beating down one another. Now, this is their second impossibility that God brought, they went on beating one another. They killed one another. Here they think, how are we going to kill these enemies? God is not going to use Israel to kill them. God, are going to use, God is going to use to, them to kill each other. We can only imagine what went through their heart, and only God can control hearts. You think it's impossible my boss is so this my 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 company is so that we think oh it's impossible if i were to obey god or if i were to serve god or to do things for god then you know all these things are beyond my control and they are so powerful but god can control hearts what was going through in their heart that they will kill one another all right they can only guess like i say Maybe they felt that, well, we told you not to come, all right? Now you let us here and we are all going to die. And they, and they begin to blame each other, whatever it was. Or say, since we are going to die, I remember this is what you did to me and now I want to kill you since I'm going to die. Make sure I am the one who kill you, not the earthquake. Whatever is on their mind, their thoughts was only focused on killing one another. Who can do that? Christian, you may fear, and you say, oh, this might happen, they may say this, they may say that. God can control and move hearts. Do not fear. Live in obedience. You may need to approach your boss to say something. Do something. God can control hearts. Now, as I read this, I think the most, I would say, even amazing part is this. You see, when we look, when they look at the number of people, soldiers, food soldiers, more than the sand of the seas, 30,000, the most advanced military equipment, horsemen, elite troops, massive um, gathering before them. Maybe in their hearts, oh, if, if it only were less, less, less would be better. You see, when we look at situation, if only the situation was not so bad, it's easier for me to have faith. But this situation looks very bad. Now, if you were there, if I were there, this, will, this is what I'll be thinking instead. When you look at them melting and when you look at them kill one another, what will you be thinking? Your natural thought was, ah, I wish there were more. Why? If there were more, there would be on one day, in one day, more people killing each other. The more, the merrier. The more, the better. Why? We won't even imagine what God would do. We look at this situation, more is bad. A lot of them is bad. But when God works, when God was working, uh, if I were there, I'd say, oh, I wish there were 100,000 chariots instead of, at one time, more chariots, more of their military equipment get, get destroyed. I wish there were more, more, more elite soldiers. Then at one shot, more of them kill kills one another. You see, Christian, what I'm trying to say is this. Do not look at situations... The very situation that you thought is against you, God can use that situation to your advantage. You see, when we fear, I don't want to obey this, I don't obey, and we give excuses. No one will know. You can say, "Oh, pastor, oh, so and so, yeah, I can't do this, I can't do that, or because of this." It may look very valid, but you know in your heart it is fear. That is all. You will miss out what God can do for you. Why do you want to miss that out? by living in fear. God used them to use the very weapons, the advanced weapons, to kill each other. Can you imagine? They only had fowls. The situation looks very bad. Only fowls. They had chariots. At that time, I think the soldier, the children of Israel say, "Now I'd rather keep my file, and you keep the chariots, because they will use chariots to kill each other—the most powerful equipment." So, Christian, I hope again and again. If there is anything in your life now that you would not obey God because of fear, let this remind you: there is no restraint to the Lord, no restraint. Now, before I move on, there's another thing that I hope we are clear about. Notice he said there's no restraint with the Lord. He did not say with God. God often refers to the power of God. The Lord refers to his covenantal name. Now, look at verse 6. Now, see how Jonathan thinks. Jonathan, says, Jonathan said unto the young men that bear his armor, Come, let us go, unto, go over unto the garrison of these, what, these soldiers. This Philistines, no, this uncircumcised, then he said, it may be the Lord. This uncircumcised, then it may be the Lord. What was on Jonathan's mind? The uncircumcised means, now these are people that are not God's people. They do not bear the covenantal sign in their flesh. They are not God's people. They are uncircumcised. Meaning to say, we are God's people. Don't look at the situation, don't look at them look at who we belong to he's our covenant o lord as long as we are doing his will there is no restraint to him christian when you know that you're a child of god doesn't end there and you are doing his will you have nothing to fear god can do the impossible in your life because you're doing His will. This is not, God, I want to have $10 million to go, to retire and live as I would. This is not what I'm talking about, obviously. All right. so the first one. Let us now remember and learn some of this lesson. Now, yes, God did use use Jonathan, but it was the earthquake that caused the trembling. Please remember that. God cannot be restrained. Now, maybe now some application, some application. Now, do you fear the situation in your company? Do you fear your boss, what your boss might do to you? Now, do you fear um, some bug in your body, right? I mean, some, some disease in your body. All this beyond my control outside my control now I'm not saying don't visit doctors but my question to all of us is this never let situations the condition we are in overwhelm us to the point where we forget to focus that God cannot be restrained You can either go on and on and on just focusing on the trouble the situation the difficulty the so-called impossibility the well no way can this be resolved if i obey god you can keep focusing on that or you can remember now onto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think let god show us his power when you live in fear you will never experience that power in your life you will always go on living in fear. Now then, the next thing we want to learn is found in this phrase. Look at verse 6. Now we've, we've studied, for there is no restraint to the Lord. Now then, the next part is, the Lord to save. The Lord to save by. The Lord to save by. The Lord to save. Now, Jonathan, by this statement, to save by the Lord to save by. Now shows us one thing. He is saying that it is, he, he knows very clearly it is God that saves. It is God that saves. The Lord to save. Yes, the Lord is going to save by something, but it is the Lord that matters. Now, faith trusts in God to help, not in the instruments that God uses. Faith is very clear, it is the Lord. To save it may be by something no, he didn't he did not mean to say by many of you the Lord may use this to save us but it is the Lord to save Christian when we are in fear when we see all situations when we remember is God's will now that can still be this problem the problem is we still think it is some instruments some resources some things that we need. That is the problem. The operative word is the Lord. The Lord. Now, here, for, for him to say that the Lord may save by... Now, Joshua... Uh, Jonathan... Sorry, I keep saying Joshua, I think. Now, Jonathan understood in his heart, instruments are not critical. That is not the critical part, but the Lord, the Lord who uses instruments is the only important part now christian we must remember that is a very important part of our faith now the kind of equipment like i said earlier on files versus files you know some metal small metal piece files versus um chariots there's no way files can win but it does not matter he can be holding just a few instruments he can be holding just well, anyway, only he, the Bible tells us, if you look at chapter 13, um, verse 22, now only Jonathan and Saul had some weapons. That's all. Did Jonathan say, Good, at least I have weapons? No, he just said, The Lord that saves. The Lord that saves. Now, again, God used the earthquake, not Jonathan's bravery. Jonathan was not saying, No, let, let us be courageous. But Jonathan said, The Lord to save. God will use earthquake because God wants. The people to know it's not jonathan's bravery not that at all if the earthquake was not involved people would just well say that what it's all because of jonathan now i'm not saying what i'm saying what i'm hoping that we understand from scriptures is this now how genuine is our faith in the lord than in people of things how genuine is our faith In the Lord than in people or things our lips may say oh it is the Lord but the reality is the question is where do you derive your sense of assurance and safety where do you derive it our lips can keep saying the Lord the Lord the Lord that saves but unless we have a backup plan unless we have um, a situation where we where we know there is some escape we still think that it is something in someone as long as there's something or someone we feel a bit more assured now that is not the lesson here God used earthquake who can say let me have earthquake as a companion there is none nothing well now we are not saying that resources are not important we are not saying that God does not use resources Jonathan know that knew that very well the Lord to save by by something but it's a lot that's safe. But now let me ask you, you say that you trust in God and God alone. Yes, we have to see doctors. Yes, we have to work to make money. Yes, we have to study and do our homework to get a job. Yes, we need to exercise to take care of our health. Yes, those things are things that are involved that God can use. But Christian, it goes back again and again. Is your statement the Lord to save by or these things to save me by? No one knows. Only you know. We need doctors, we need medications, we need finances, we need time, we need, we need health, we need energy. Do you trust in your job? Or do you trust really in God? Will be shown when you lose your job. Do you, lo- do you trust in your health? That God will take care, of, or God will take care of you, no matter whatever happens. It will tell when you are told you have a particular illness that may now make things, make life look very impossible for you, for your family. Now, remember, in the New Testament, the disciples asked the Lord. We have two swords. Lord, is it enough? Keep asking. And <laughs> the Lord says, ah, enough, enough. They missed the point. They missed the, m- the Lord told them, yes, make sure you have something to protect yourself. I will use those things. But they kept thinking, is two swords enough? Two swords enough? You see, they still look at the sword for protection, although they ask the Lord. We can't be like that. We come to the Lord, Lord, it is you, yet it is you, but God, can you put this in place, that in place, this in place, that in place? Now, Maybe some application we perform human responsibilities do we still feel that well i think resources are not sufficient we still think that we need to have this or that god alone is not enough we keep saying well you and god is majority is that real in your heart now the test will be this now unless we have such faith it is truly only god and god alone and if I have God, I will succeed as I obey Him. I need not fear. Now, some, they will not serve God because they feel if they do, then it will affect their jobs, affect their projects in school. Some students will not come for prayer meeting, will not study, The, Lord, the Lord's, uh, God's Word will not come and pray, although they know it is God's will, this is God's known will, together, and the Lord's house is a house of prayer. Why? Because somewhere in our hearts, we say, yes, I believe, it is God that matters. Now, but unless, unless, I'm doing this, I have this, I'm doing that, I do more of this, I, I, I don't trust that my life will be well. that things will be okay. I don't trust it. Some will not serve because they are afraid it may affect their health. But we will say, and we will even think in in our minds, not in our heart, it is God that matters, right? Some will not take up service, will not serve because they are afraid. It will affect this, it will affect that, it will affect this, it affect that. But we will keep saying, oh, as long as God, as long as it is God's will, uh, it is God that matters. But our life does not reflect that. Well, some of us are afraid of being single. Who's going to take care of our old age, even if it's God's will? Yes, I trust in God, but I am afraid no one will take care of me when I'm old. Some mothers, they believe we should stop working but but i don't i'm afraid that what happens if my husband falls sick de- incapacitated and cannot work then what happens i don't have the skills i did not maintain my skills you see we will always say it is god but we will not be willing to go all the way to obey god because it is not god is god but actually our hearts still depend on many of these things, our exercises, our what? So we say, we say. But in our hearts and our minds, we keep thinking of the resources. Now I say many times to my own shame, right? I often say, oh, is the is the doctor that helped me recover from this? Is this medication that is God? God used this medication. God used the doctors. God used." But very often, in my heart and mind through the day, is I'm thinking about oh, this medication, this doctor. The reality is we still think more about the thing, about the person involved, the resource involved, than we really believe and trust and think that it is God. And every time we we do something, we just know, God, you are going to use this rather than this thing, this person, this appointment, knowing who can help me. Now, that is a very important test that I say we have to just, you have to ask yourself, no one can answer that question. You can keep saying, but what is it really in your heart? Now then, the third one, the third part, all right? Look at verse 6. So we've learned, for there's no restraint with God, the first part is, now we learn that faith focuses on the power of God, not on the difficulty of the situation. The Lord to save by, all right? Faith genuinely believes that it is God, and although resources are involved, it is not the resources. We are so convinced that even you take away the resources, no problem. Your heart and mind is constantly thinking about the Lord that's saved. Now, then the third part, look at verse 6. By many or by few. By many or by few. Now, what must we learn about Jonathan's faith? By many or by few. Now, faith finds assurance in God, not in numbers. Not in the amount of resources. Now, this is a fine line, all right, in our hearts. We may say we trust in God. We may also say that, well, God uses resources, that is all. But in reality, we want as much resources. We want only when there are, when we can see, well, enough resources. I've enough savings for my old age. I've, I've, studied enough, all right, until we find that there is enough or more than enough in numbers, amount of help. Now, then, then we trust in God. It's a fine line. We have to be very honest about this. Now, we tend to look at numbers. We tend to look at how much we have. Isn't it true? Now, I'm not saying for a moment that we just go ahead and don't think about resources, don't, don't even count the cost. The Lord does tell us, before a man builds, builds a house, he better sit down and count the cost. If not, he can finish halfway, right? Now, this is not to tell us to look at numbers, to look at resources. If you don't have resources, then, then don't, don't go ahead, don't do something. Now, this reminder is, now, if it is God's will if it is God's will, when you know it is God's will, you still need to sit down. There's human responsibility. But when you sit down and count the cost, when you sit down and go through your human responsibility, God will begin to show you what to do, what not to do, what is necessary, what is not necessary. This is by no means um, um, putting our faith In God alone is by no means saying there's no human responsibility. This is not to say we don't have enough resources and we just go ahead. Now, this is the worst case is we don't have enough money to take this loan, but we want to stay in this big house, buy this big car and want to go on this big holiday and want to live in this way and that way and we just God says, well, don't look at the amount of resources and just go ahead. Obviously, this is not about that. Now, there is a lot of information here that god provides to make us realize that it is not about how much you have whether there's a backup plan then you feel comfortable now i want you to notice in look at chapter 3 verse 15 chapter 3 verse 15 Now, and Samuel rose and get him up from Gilgal onto Gibeah of Benjamin. And Saul numbered the people that were present with him about 600 men. This is the first time it's mentioned, all right? About 600 men. Then look at chapter 14, verse 2. God wants to mention this 600. God seems to be obsessed with these 600. Chapter 14, verse 2. And Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in uh, Migron, and the people that were with him were about 600 men. Again, God keep one thing, keeps one thing to tell us there were 600 men, 600 men. Now, why? Why the repetition? We have to ask ourselves. Now, the first time the 600 men was mentioned is in contrast with chapter 13, verse 5. Philistines gathered themselves to fight. With Israel, 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and the people as the sand, which is on the sea. The first time the 600 mentioned, well, that will make us think, right? Well, we should understand the situation solving. in. 600 versus so many. But is that what God wants us to realize? When you see God mention it again in chapter 14, verse 2. Now, is to emphasize and to let this let this thought dawn on us god does not say 600 men is too few uh, yeah too few 600 men too few against so many soldiers when he mentioned it again and then he mentioned um, jonathan and the armor bearer two person what god is saying is 600 men is too many 600 men are too many too many I want to keep telling you there were 600, there were 600, there were 600. Now I want to tell you just two is enough. Just two is enough. And in fact, even for these two, I will only use them partially. I will use my power, earthquakes. I will use my power to confuse people's heart, to make them kill each other. 600 are too many. Now Christian... What must we learn? Faith finds assurance, not in numbers. Keep remembering that. Faith does not find its assurance in how much resources and how much you have done. It is not there. Now, by way of application, some of us feel comfortable when we have a few degrees more qualifications more degrees we have a up chance we stand a higher chance than others maybe you think that way for your child too to have more of the skill more of that skill now some of us may feel that we need more experience I must join this I must do this I must do that we don't ask whether it's gospel I must just keep accumulating experience and to accumulate experience means, well, I have no time to serve God, but it's okay. Some of us feel that we need to have more money. If I have more money, when I have more money, then I will serve God. Now, what if God calls you one day to the full-time ministry? But God, wait till I save this amount. God, when I have this amount for my children, for my retirement, then I will go to the full-time ministry. You see, no matter what, we will still say, well, it is God, God, by faith in God and all that. But somewhere in the back of our hearts and mind, until we have more, then we will obey God. God, if I obey you this, in this now, I don't have enough savings yet to pay for this loan, to pay for that loan. God, I don't want to obey. God, I don't want to have children yet, even though I'm married. Because, God, until I have more money and pay up more of my loans, then I will have children. Then I will serve you. Then I will obey you. Then I will live this way or that way, right? Well, until I have studied and revised my homework, my schoolwork more, more, Then, Lord, I feel comfortable to go to church for prayer meetings, for Bible studies. But you will keep thinking in your heart, you have deceived yourself. You keep thinking, no, I really believe in God. I really trust in God. It is God that I trust in. But by our deeds, we can examine ourselves. What is it that we trust in the Lord? Now, this is not for one moment to, to encourage us to be lazy, to give excuses, not to plan, not to do. Not for one moment to encourage that. Not to say, for example. Now, but it is really to cause us to search our hearts. Do we really say, if I've not done enough, if I do not have enough, if I've not revised enough? But when I've done my human responsibilities, I truly trust that God can help me, even I've done a lot of revision. Or have not done enough revision as much revision as I would like I would say that God I do not have as much money or as good a health but whether God is a lot or not enough in my thinking it does not matter I've done my human responsibility I trust in your power in your help when I'm doing your will so Christian I'm not saying don't exercise But even Paul says, God's words say very clearly, exercise profiteth little. It's not that exercise has no profit. But when you begin to think, I must do more exercise until I've exercised enough, until I have enough time to do all this, no, I I cannot serve God, I cannot do this, I cannot do that. And if I get involved in serving, if I give tithes and offerings, if I give to the building fund, I don't have enough. I don't have enough reserves. You see, when we think like that, then no matter what we say, well... Well, God, the Lord will save. It's full stop. The Lord will save when I have many, when I have done much, when I have much. Now, in closing, I say when we are weak, when we are faced with great challenges, when we are faced with a very unthinkable situation if we were to obey God and obey His commandment, then let us remember these things. It is the power of God, not the difficulty of the situation that faith looks at. The reminder. The truly trust in the Lord, not in instruments. Truly, really. And even as we fulfill human responsibilities, truly have faith in God, not in your preparations, the amount, the number of what You have and what you have done. Learn to trust in the Lord when you have done human responsibilities. Don't keep having, unless I can fall back on certain plans, then I will obey God. Don't be like that. That is not true faith. That is self-deception. When we are in fear, we will deceive ourselves. Here, Jonathan facing all this situation was very clear and simple in his faith. Let us learn to have Jonathan's faith. Shall we rise to sing the closing hymn Three hundred and thirty-three. Shall we rise? Three hundred and thirty-three. Let us rise. Three, three, three.